What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. fans how you doing it's your boy jonathan macri with you for another episode of the Knicks film school podcast um i uh would like to welcome to the show uh, i was actually gonna say i was like please help me welcome to the show if i could insert an applause track i would have done that maybe i'll maybe i'll talk to uh claudio my my producer about that um i'm welcoming to the show chris eisman of northjersey.com chris uh how are you man I'm doing well. It's been far too long, my friend. It has been far too long. Um, we should just take over. Is there an opening on WFAN? That is, <laughs> is Mike Francesa still on? I, I, I'm so embarrassed that I don't know this. Is he still on the fan or is he gone now? He's still there. And, and recently his show has expanded a half hour. So I think he's on from six to seven. Um, and the only reason I know that is because it's been quarantined and I have nothing else to do. That's fair. But but read up on this stuff. So yeah, he's still on, but I don't know how much longer. I was so I mean, an opening. Yeah, I, I listen. At some point, he's going to have to retire. Um, exactly, you would think. Although you never know. Yeah, it's, it's, he it's, might he might outlive us all. He probably, at this rate, <laughs> uh, for some not to get off on a tangent, but for some reason. Yeah, I'm sure. Like you know, you grew up listening to the to him, and like there the an episode stands out in my head where him and Dog were talking about a doctor's appointment that Mike had gone on, and I just I remember like it was yesterday. He's like, uh, so he's like, oh, so Mike had the doctor's appointment. Go, he's like, well, Dog. He basically told me from now on, I have to eat nothing but uh, fruits, vegetables, and the bark of a tree, and then they. <laughs> And they both laughed it up. And I, I don't know how many years ago this was, but if he's been abiding by that, maybe he will outlive us all. Who knows? Uh, I'm skeptical, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. This is so morbid. They're not going to hire us if you're this morbid. Thing. That's, people, a people, that's a good point. That's a good point. People yeah, want uplifting true. conversation. Try to more, oh, he's going to be great. He's going to be there forever. Um, yeah, totally. uh, this probably isn't a great transition because we're – now we're going to talk about the the MSG special that just aired. Um, well, you know what? Let's let's. Okay, I'll be positive. Um, in fairness, what did we really expect Leon Rose to say in a in a interview in which you know obviously no no B reporters are asking him questions? It's Mike Breen who I think Breen toes the line of like I'm I'm going to be the company man while still putting on airs of a legitimate interview. I, he toes that as bad as well as you can. That said, this was still an MSG interview. Do you, do you have like one or two major takeaways from this? If anything, you know, I, I think, um, I think that the, the thing that I got was that, you know, Leon Rose is definitely leaning on the people around him. 
um, which we all kind of understood. You know, I think he's still clearly starting to, you know, he's, he's continuing to sort of learn this job being on this end of end of things. He's leaning on guys like Scott and obviously, you know, Walt Perrin and, and, you know, Frank Zanin and Brock Waller and the, and the team that he has surrounded um, himself with, which is a good thing, obviously. And that's, yeah. that was part of the reason why he brought those guys in. Um, I think that he was, you know, he's, he's, I, I, I think the fact that he knows players as well as he does, having been on the agent side for so long, I think that's going to help him. Um, I, yeah, I agree. And I, and I think that I definitely got that sense. And, and the other thing too, is that there was nothing that he said in that interview that could be, you know, twisted into any sort of negative really you know i mean i think he said all the right things and and um i I think as you said that's what you could expect from uh, in an interview with the team the uh, network that's associated with the team you know so i i certainly don't think that it would have been you know we don't know what it would have been like if it was a press conference where we have beat writers there and columnists asking different sorts of questions but i certainly don't think that there was anything said today that was all that surprising yeah, I'm. My guess is that we're not going to get that um, press conference in which Leon Rose, uh, or I guess at this point William uh, Wesley, are the focus. And the next, the next presser will probably be just when the head coach is hired, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be your guess? That's what I would expect. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would expect. When you know, uh, when they when they name a head coach, that we'll we'll have access to to uh, Leon and and. Possibly Scott. I don't. I don't know, but uh, certainly Leon. Yeah. Um, no. Again, not to get too sidetracked for for a second, but I wonder is he going to be the type? And and I guess this goes for William Wesley too, who we'll, we'll get into in a bit. Um, to just be kind of, you know, hanging around on the sidelines before games. Like I again, I only covered whatever it was a little more than a handful of games this year. But was there? Was there ever a time where like Scott and Steve were just available to like shoot the shit before games and like for you guys like what was that ever the case or never? Absolutely, yeah. Um, especially before, I would say during the eighteen nineteen season when I that was my first full year. That was the year they traded. No, no, yeah. sorry. That was so not that the year was, they traded KP. Yeah, that was yeah, the KP so was, injury year. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that was the year he missed. And um and then like the, the end of the season before that, and then a portion of this past season. Everything oh time is completely thrown off from me. So <laughs> you have to forgive me. But but there was definitely a time where and it was during the last full season that we had, eighteen nineteen, when uh Scott and Steve were on the court on the sideline before the game almost every day. And, uh, you know, you could go up and talk to them and, and not on the record, but just hang out and, you know, like you said, shoot the show with them. And then on the road, too, um, you know, I, I would I talked to Steve a few times this past year uh, where he was available just to hang out and, and talk for a little while. Um, I don't know, you know, what this year I when it's hard to say, because, I mean, it was only about I guess it was like two weeks that Leon was officially on the job before the season was suspended. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, he officially took over. I think they referenced it on the special March 4th. And then the, That's season, right. yeah, it was March less than 11th. two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Less than two weeks. So there was not a lot of time um, for him to really, you know, be uh, out on the court that much, but uh, I did not see him a ton. Yeah. So, I, um, but again, he was just still learning the job. So I can't, I can't say that that's going to be an indication of what the future is going to look like. Yeah. I just, I mean, like, <laughs> 
now, especially now that, you know, I've, I've started to cover games a little bit. These are the things that I'm wondering about in terms of like the culture. Not that it really matters. It's like, it's great for, you know, the beat guys and like guys like me who occasionally cover games to be able to do that. But like, I don't know. How much does it make a difference if the guys are there to shoot the shit before the game? Eh, well, whatever. I don't it really does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have a good impression from Leon Rose. I got a good impression. You know what I liked actually about everything that he said? Two things stood out to me. One, he went out of his way to praise Mike Miller, which I thought, and I know it's been a while, but you know, the Steve Stout first take appearance, like that still happened and that was still really <laughs> embarrassing. That seems like a lifetime ago. Oh my God. It, it, yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago. Um, and the fact that it, he, almost, I don't, he almost made it out to be like, if we replace Mike Miller, it, it, I, I don't know. He, he came off to me like, and again, is Mike Miller going to be the head coach of this team? Probably not. But I thought that was good. And to, to echo the point that you just made a second ago, um, I thought his comment about how was he when he was an agent, he was just like, you know, get my guy on the floor. I don't really give a shit about, you know, the accountability within your team. Like I found that kind of refreshing. Um what did what did you think about either either of those two things? Yeah, I, I think the fact that I, I agree with you on that point. And I, I think the fact that he did um speak highly of Mike Miller uh was a good thing to do. Especially and the fact that Mike got, you know, it seems like he's getting the first crack at interviews. I think that's well-deserved because Mike was certainly handed a, a difficult uh, task, <laughs> I think, to say the least. Yeah. And, um, you know, aside from everything that happened on the court, he then had to be the team spokesman through a variety of situations, whether it was... <laughs> Again, putting it kindly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the death of David Stern, the, the tragic, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant situation... Um, the uh, firing of Steve Mills. I mean, it was just one thing after another that Mike Miller was the team spokesperson. So I think that it was good that he... Um, firing of David Fisdale. The firing of David Fisdale, too. Exactly, yeah. And, and so I think that it was good that he's getting that credit. And I think that it would certainly behoove the Knicks, if he doesn't get the full-time job, to keep him around on staff in some capacity. I think that it would. So I, I think that... You know, that certainly bodes well for his future with the team in some capacity. Whether he wants it or not, I don't know, but I think that he does. Um, but I think he def- definitely deserves that opportunity. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I The the thing, I, I don't know if you've been wondering this too, but, I you know, there seems to be the a thought process that like a lot of these coaches, because obviously now there's, you know, if you include Miller, there's 11 candidates for the job that have mm-hmm. been reported to have gotten interview or be getting interviews. Um, Kid apparently talked to them last week. I'm sure they've talked to other guys that we don't know about. Um, it, the the thinking seems to be that like they may try to get one or or several of these guys to take on assistant roles, and maybe a, a bit of a transition to talking about uh, Worldwide West. Like I'm thinking to myself, well. How many of these, because these guys are like accomplished coaches, you know, someone like Jason Kidd has a a prominent role in L.A., Um, some of the other assistants that they're bringing on, like, you know, um, Udoka, I'm not sure if he's like officially Brett Brown's second in command in Philly, but again, he's a high role there. Like, how many of these guys are really going to come, like, what can the Knicks offer them? You know, you can only have so many... um, associate head coaches or whatever, uh, head assistant, like you can only make up so many titles, but then that gets me to thinking about worldwide West. And we know he's been particularly involved with the coaching 
part of the agency business at CAA. Um, I don't know where, did, what's your take on where, where this whole coaching search is going one way or the other? Yeah. My, my view has always been that when you're, when you're conducting a coaching search, there's, there's nothing wrong with bringing in a lot of candidates who have different viewpoints, come from different organizations and they can tell you how they feel about what you've been doing, what you can do in the future. They can give you insight into maybe the way that different organizations work. You know, you look at a guy like Hardy from the Spurs, you know, and, and there are several coaches on this or coaching candidates on this list who have worked with Greg Popovich. I mean, what's the, there's nothing wrong with talking to several of those guys and kind of gleaning their insights and seeing what they can bring and, and maybe getting some ideas from them. So regardless of whether or not they ended up working for you in the future, you know, there's nothing wrong with at least seeing what they could bring to the table, or maybe you could adopt some of the things that they say during yeah. your interview. So that's always been my philosophy. You know, not that anyone cares what my philosophy is because I'm not hiring sorry. them, but um, <laughs> that I've, I've always thought that like there's nothing wrong with bringing in a lot of those guys just to see what they say. You know, we'll see what happens again because a lot of them do have very, very good, stable. Uh, I guess Adoku, you know, he. With with the Brett Brown situation, we don't know if that's as stable as others, but um, you know, some of them have very good situations that they're currently in, and and the Knicks' coaching situations haven't been the most stable <laughs> for the past several years. So it's a it's a big jump, but you know, if, if you never know what could happen, it, it you know, we'll see what these guys end up in. But there's nothing wrong with at least seeing who they are, getting to know them a little bit more, and and keeping them in consideration you know, for a, a role, you know, if it opens up. Yeah. Um, no, I, mean, I think that's well. So I mean, I had somebody who, who knows um, one of the, one of the guys who is an assistant on the Knicks uh, under Fisdale. And as of now is still there, um, you know, tell me that like Fisdale had some trouble getting guys to be assistants because people, you know, kind of feared like, okay, I'm going to come there and it's going to be two years and then I'm going to be out. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've heard some of the same stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that, um, that was, that's always, I think a, a concern for certain guys and, and, you know, he brought in, you know, to his credit and to the Knicks credit, he brought in some well-respected guys. I mean, he you did. look at a guy like Pat Sullivan, who's considered one of the best, you know, coaches for, for big men in the league. Um, and, and obviously, you know, you look at a guy like Caleb Canales and Royal Ivy. I mean, I love Caleb. (laughs) Yeah. Caleb's great. And, and, you know, he's been, he was, you know, the interim head coach of the trailblazers. I mean, he had a track record and, um, you know, so he definitely brought in guys who, um, were respected, but of course there's always, you know, instability. I don't think that anybody who agreed to join Fizz's staff could have foreseen what was to come. You know, I, I don't think I foresee foresaw what was to come with him. Um, that quick. So, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I think that there's definitely an element of nobody quite knew what the future was, but you at least, you know, the Knicks, you, you give it a shot cause it's the Knicks. Let's see what can happen. Um, but obviously it didn't work out. Yeah. Um, I don't get it. I don't get the sense that there's as much of, and again, what the hell do I know? James Dolan has never been known for his patience, but like with Mills and Perry, you, you kind of got the sense that there was a ticking clock in it, just in the sense that like it was very transparent because they essentially said as much that they were gearing up for the summer that was to come, you know, in two years. 
Mm. Um, and it was like, all right, once they got to that point, if it didn't work out, then it was like, all right, well, it's only a matter of time. I don't know. This this feels uh, I don't want to say it feels more real, but like, do you get the sense that this is like there there this group will get time to kind of marinate, so to speak? It, it's it's difficult to say. I, I do think that they will um, only because I, I think that when you bring in a guy like Leon Rose and, and you kind of make this investment in somebody and again, we'll, we'll, you know, I don't know what you know Dolan is thinking, but it just seems like when you make that investment in somebody and you give somebody the trust that, you know, you're the guy to hand, to, to kind of run this organization. And it, it certainly seems like Leon Rose has gotten full autonomy to bring in the people that he's wanted to bring in. Yeah. And that'll, that'll trickle down to who he wants to bring in uh, as a head coach and a coaching staff. I, I do think that he will get the opportunity to sort of run this team and, and, and see where he can take it. I, I don't think that there's a, um, you know, going to be a, a quick hook if things don't go well. You know, I, I think that these guys are here to stay and they're going to get the opportunity. I mean, just the fact that he's, you know, bringing in, you know, Alex Klein and, and TJ Zanin. I mean, the, the fact that those two scouting hires were included in the announcement for World Wide West today, I think that that says something that, you know, this is, you know, Leon Rose is giving the opportunity to put his his imprint on this organization, and he's going to get some time to see how it goes, and and you know to kind of uh, you know get the opportunity for his plan to come to fruition. Yeah, um, I hope so. Um, I, I, I it would seem to be the, the case, um, and yeah, which leads us to to World Wide West. Um, have Have you ever seen him at a game, or like ever, ever been in his company, or no? I've never been in his company. No, I, I've never. Um, I think I'm I've excited. Like, it's interesting, you know. It, it's an inch. You know, I, I think it's. Um, it's he's something like the, that, the mystery man of the league. He is, and I, I think that's why you know the fact that he's emerging from the mystery is significant. You know, is, and and the fact that he's joining on in this role, I think it means something. You know, I mean, the fact that he's taking on this job with the Knicks, and and I, obviously his he believes in Leon Rose you can't overlook that. You know, that's an interesting part of this. The fact that he's kind of coming out, he's always kind of known as a, as a influencer behind the scenes. And like you said, kind of the mystery man, but that's, that's, that's ending that ended today. Yeah. It's, it's somebody um, who knows CA pretty well messaged me today and was like, um, He's been he's been purposefully behind the scenes for 30 years and this and now he chooses to do that. It's I agree with you. It has to like I think anyone who glosses over this is like, well, you know, whatever. Of course, he was going to No, I think this has like real meaning. And to me, I don't know. This becoming official today almost is more significant to me than the hire of Rose himself just because like, I've been trying to read up as much as I can on, on Wes and there's not a lot. That's the problem. There's not a lot out there on him because he doesn't, the guy doesn't do press or anything like that. But like, man, you want to talk about a guy who really pulls the strings. Um, I, so I haven't gotten your, and and I'm, so I'm going to tie this into something else. We haven't talked about it yet. Um, People got mad at me because I was pretty hard on them for, not putting out a statement quicker and then the statement that they put out and, you know, whatever Windhorse said on ESPN, like, you know, the, the 
Q rating or whatever for the Knicks around the league was not good. And now they hire the guy who's arguably the most influential figure in the league that maybe never played. Um, I, I can't help but make a connection between those two things and think like, well, you know, if you're going to try to up your image around a, around a league, you know, this might be the best guy to do it with. Do do you do am I going one step too far with that, or where where do you stand on both of those things? I guess. No, I I don't think you're going too far. I think that you know we've obviously talked the last few years about the perception of the team. I mean, we talked about that. I mean, God, no. It it seems like we keep talking about the perception of the team, and that we do. uh, You know, it was back when Steve Mills was in charge, and he was saying that you know we want to. I go back to the comment like that he said once that certain draft prospects didn't even want to meet with them. Yeah. You know, and we've been talking about that for a long time. I, and I think that certainly when you bring in a guy like Leon, who's well-respected, has a lot of relationships around the league, then you, and he brings on worldwide West, same deal, well-respected, a lot of relationships around the league that can only help the perception of your team. At the end of the day, we don't know what this front office is going to do. Yeah. But if you put in a collection of, of executives who are respected around the league um, and, and have strong communications with other teams, know the ins and outs of every other organization, and also they're cohesive in the way that they work together, that goes a long way. And, and you can only hope that if you're a Knicks fan, that, that that translates to success. That's something that hasn't happened a lot in recent years. But, you know, Leon is given the opportunity now to put together his front office, and it seems like he's gotten guys who are, are going to be able to really help this franchise uh, turn the perception in the right direction. We'll yeah. see whether it, that, that happens. Yeah. And I'm almost, I'm already starting to think about like, what are the signs that like m- me or you covering a game will like, should be looking for, to see whether that turnaround is happening. And it's like, I'm thinking to myself, and I don't think I've ever actually verbalized this on the pod or written about it, but it's like, I almost got the sense at times last year that the, I, and I, this may be me just like literally 25 or whatever, how many years it's been years of fandom in which I think about this shit way too much. And I try to read into everything, but like, I feel like I came away with the impression that the guys on the team almost had a sense that like there wasn't a stable structure of people behind the scenes who just knew what the fuck they were doing. Excuse my French. And it's like that seeped in. It's like when people realize that the people in charge maybe don't have a great grasp on things like that can't be good or, you know, fruitful for what you're trying to do. And it seems like they're now kind of with everybody they're bringing in. And obviously with Rose and Wes, like, that has to turn around, right? I mean, you would think. You would think. I, you know, the fact that I'm sure, I mean, so many guys were rep by CAA, and I'm sure they knew Leon if they were not directly represented by him. I'm sure they knew of him um, in some capacity. Um, and, and, you know, certainly I think a lot of players know who World Wide West is. I think that that's absolutely going to go a long way. The fact that they know him or those two guys and they have relationships with him. And look, I, I think that also you can't, you know, you can't overlook the fact that Scott is also coming back. And I know that there's, you know, he's gotten criticism and, and he has to take that criticism of what's gone on over the last couple of years. But 
you know, Scott is very well respected around the league and, and he's, he's, he's been around a long time. Um, these are, these are, you know, these are basketball guys that are being put in place. And, and I think that, that that should go a long way towards the, towards how players kind of view that. Yeah. I just, I keep thinking back to the, to, you know, Begley, Ian Begley's report uh, that of the, you know, of the speech that was given to the team, I guess at training camp last year about how, you know, we, we think you're, we're a playoff team and you're going to be judged by how, what, what the hell did he say? Something about like being unselfish on the court or something like, yeah, something like that. That's like, that shit's just not going to happen anymore. I, I don't, I mean, I, I'm assuming. Uh, maybe I, I, always, I, I thought that that whole thing got a little bit overblown only because I don't think that ever a general manager or any front office executive is going to walk into a team and say, listen, we don't think that you're going to make in the playoffs. Well, no, that, okay. That's fair. But did, did but I hear what you're saying? I, I hear what you're saying. I, did you, I got the sense that it was done in a fashion that was like, just something that isn't typically done in NBA locker rooms. Again, not that I really know what happens in most NBA locker rooms. I'm assuming, but you you didn't get the same sense from from when that was reported. Yeah, I, I sort of got the sense that they they that was an instance where they were going in and saying, "Hey, look, we expect you to make the playoffs, and we think that this team is capable of X, Y, and Z." Um, you know, I, I I don't I don't necessarily think that that's unexpected for a front office to do whether or not they truly believed it. We'll never know. Yeah, that's fair. You know, you know we'll never, we'll never know whether or not that was just something, something that they were saying to the team or whether or not they actually believe that they could make the playoffs. Um, all right. So let's, I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's, let's get some predictions out of, out of Chris Eisman. You've been, you've been on the, on the sidelines for far too long. Um, <laughs> I need, I need to get I, you. I need to get you on the record for some stuff. Uh, so first things first, uh, predict uh, who is going to be the head coach of the next next season. Tom Thibodeau. Jeez, no hesitation. Like yeah. zero. I still, I, I mean, I, I just, nothing has changed. Like I, I thought that he was a front runner last week and I still think that he's a front runner this week and nothing has necessarily changed that. If anything, it's been, sh- it's strengthened my belief after today with the hiring of World Wide West, who obviously also has a good relationship with Tibbs. Um, it's it just, I, I, I think I could be wrong. It could end up being somebody else for sure, but that's uh, as of whatever today's date is June 24th. That's who I think is going to get the job. Um, do you, we, we, so there was a segment that, um, Leon tonight talked about was given the opportunity to talk about the roster and he, Named five players. He talked, he mentioned RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson as core pieces. He talked about being excited to get the chance to work with Kevin Knox. He talked about, <laughs> great tweet, by the way, <laughs> Frank Delacchino being, what did he say? Some, what in the right Given the right circumstances, that's it. he can prosper. He can prosper. And then called Dennis Smith Jr. a special <laughs> talent, which I, I mean, God bless him. Um, get, is will all five of those players be back next season? And if not, give me the one that you think will not be back. I, I think that they all will be. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that they all will be. I, I don't. I mean, obviously, Mitch and RJ, Kevin. I think. I, I think part of the reason is why it's like this season was just so strange, and I think the off season is going to be equally as strange. Um, 
So I, I, I think that maybe normal moves might not happen this year. You never know. But I, I, I think that I think they're all going to be back. Okay. I wouldn't, I actually wouldn't mind that as much as, as frustrated as I am with, with Dennis Petunia. Although again, talk about a guy that could maybe be influenced in a, in a positive way by William uh, Wesley being aboard. Dennis Petunia would be near the he, top of my list. Yeah. He's the one guy that, you know, if I'm to hedge that prediction, he would be the one <laughs> guy that, that would not be back. If I had to say, you know, if there's, if anybody of those five is coming back, I would think it's Dennis Petunia. Cause he, he, he's one of those guys that you might think, could use a new surroundings, but whether or not they can find those new surroundings is, is another story. But who knows if next year's Knicks will feel like new surroundings to, to what we're talking yeah, before. Absolutely. Yeah. You never know, but clearly something has to, has to change with him. Yeah. Um, I, I know you're maybe not a, a big draft guy, but um, just from what you can sense, I, I actually should say Leon Rose did also offer that, um, when asked about the draft, he said that there were a couple of guys that might stand out. Um, you know, use your imagination as to who he's referring to. Um, do you think one way or another, Lamelo Ball will be? Maybe that's not even a fair question. Let me say this: Do you think if the Knicks that the Knicks would like his team, his people, whatever you want to say, Lamelo Lamelo's team, Team Ball? We'll find a way to get LaMelo in a Knicks uniform next season. How confident are you that that would happen? Um, I, I certainly think that that would appeal to them because of the stage that he would be on. I, I'm not prepared to say, or I'm not, I, I don't want to say that they're definitely going to make that happen. Um, but I definitely think that that's something that, listen, at the end of the day, New York is New York. The Garden is the Garden and the Knicks are the Knicks. And that all still sort of, um, that has meaning and that has a lot of weight for a, a kid's career. So I, I certainly think that that's can only help, um, you know, or that can only kind of influence the way that they're thinking and, and their desire to have him play for the Knicks, you know, whether or not they steer him in that direction remains to be seen. We also have to see what the, what the results of the lottery are. Um, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it just, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that that can only, you know, the fact that they're the Knicks and it's New York can only uh, kind of help the, the balls make that decision. <laughs> the, the balls make that decision. That's their name. That is their name. Um, <laughs> moving on. Okay, one, one more. Good luck with that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, one more. Um, give me... Give me your prediction as to whether... I'm not going to say... I'll say this. An all-NBA caliber player... And like a real all NBA caliber player, not like Kevin Love or like I'm trying to think of like Andre Drummond or something. Um, an all NBA pl- caliber player will be on the Knicks by the trade deadline next season. Yeah, yes or no? What's your gut tell you? Oh boy, I would say no. Okay, I, I would say no. I don't, I don't see them. I don't see any major move in the making at this point. Um, that could change, but I, I don't see at this immediate time <laughs> on June 24th. I don't see that happening. 
That's the thing. I don't either. And I, it, I, there's nothing I've spent more time thinking about over the last few months. And again, to everybody out there who gives me shit on Twitter because they think that I've turned into like this win now person. No, I want them to build the team slowly and do it with like drafting and development. I'm just convinced that they're not going to do that. That's all. That's my, that's, I want to make that very clear. Um, but to, to my to my own question, um, I, I agree with you. I don't see the trade, and yet I'm still somehow convinced that it is going to happen. And I don't, I just, I don't know what what trade it would well, be that would make sense. But yeah, I mean, I don't blame any Knicks fan for thinking that that's going to happen because that's what you know you've all been trained to think um, that anything like that you know is going to unfold. But you know, I, I've seen you know obviously there's always been the Chris Paul debate. I mean, I, I just don't, I, I don't see anything that, that magnitude happening now that could be on, you know, cold takes exposed in a few months, but no, I mean, um, listen, it's, I, I actually don't think they're going to trade for Paul. I, and yeah, I, I don't, I don't, see it. I don't see it. I was talking about more like a, like a younger, like, again, we keep hearing in like different reports, like the idea that they want to get a, a young disgruntled star like that, that type of move. And again, it just, I, it doesn't, it doesn't I don't make sense. feel. Yeah, I don't feel. I, I don't. I don't expect that to happen. I think that they're going to continue to try to build this thing. I hate the word organically, but I feel like that's what they're going to try to do. No, well, I, I. Your lips to God's ears. I hope you're right. Um, all right. Final question. Then I'll get you out of here. Next season, if Carmelo Anthony is is brought back for a retirement tour and. I think I think I read somewhere recently, like he said something along the lines of he wanted to retire in Portland. I mean, I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah. Um, let's assume for for argument's sake that he's back. Is he is he the first? Who's the first person that the camera that you know Rebecca Harlow and the camera crew go to in the locker room? Let, let's. I'll give you some choices. <laughs> we got RJ. We got Mello. Let's assume Julius Randle is still here. Um, trying to think if and and Mitch, I guess should we should throw into the conversation who who is the majority of the game's first person the camera crew goes to after the game? You know what? Why not? I mean, let's say Melo. I mean, because it would be perfect for them. I mean, right? It would just be like the opportunity to bring him back. Um, I think he would embrace that. I think that in a lot of ways they would embrace that. So you know, the other prediction have been kind of bland. So why not go and and I'll, I'll put myself out there saying that Melo will be back. I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be wrong, but you never know. I listen. I, I'd actually be shocked if he wasn't here next year. I, I. It just seems like the the stars have aligned. I mean, you know, you never. You, it, it, it's a difficult thing to say for sure, but it just seems like if this was the year to do it, you yeah, know, you might as well do it this year. I think that he would love that. And I think, you know, more than half the battle is for the actual player to have a strong interest in coming back. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's, true. you know, so I, I think that there's, there's the, the pathway has been set for that to happen. Yeah. Um, in, indeed it has. Um, all right. Well, I think anything else we missed, is there any other major, uh, major topics? I, I didn't really prepare much for this because it, it's you and I just, Figure we come and shoot the shit. We pretty much did that, which I think is always always works. Uh, <laughs> uh, and if anything comes up, we can always do another pod. <laughs> there you go. Um, I I guess the, well, yeah. I guess the next one of these we'll do will be after they hire a head coach. So we got probably I don't know. We figure three weeks, three four weeks, something like that. 
Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah that's about right. Some some late July. Um, yeah. All right, Chris, I'm gonna I'll stay on. I'll chat with you after we're done, but I'll, I'll yeah. sign off for the the fans at home. Um, don't forget, you can. Well, actually, let's. I'll let you do the the plug. Can you tell everybody at home uh, where you could find uh, Chris Eisman? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Chris Eisman. It's uh, just it's my name. It's pretty simple. And then you can read uh, NorthJersey.com and we'll have every, we'll have you covered on the entire coaching search and then whatever the heck is next in the next few months. So not, not to mention, fun. not to mention you get access to the whole paper. If you sign up for NorthJersey.com, you do, you do, which is like, in these times, especially like having access to just a quality news source, I, I don't think that should be downplayed. You know, no, yeah, I mean, hey, you know, if you uh, live in Jersey, it certainly helped. Or that you're, you know, we have great writers on the Yankees and the Mets and the Giants and Jets. So if you sign up for one team, you get everything. So it certainly, uh, you know, goes a long way. You get a lot for your money. There, you, there you go. You, I mean, mostly you get Chris Eisman, but you, you get that exactly. You get, <laughs> you get other things too. <laughs> Um, I need more wine. All right. Uh, thank you, Chris, for, for coming on. Um, everybody at home, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. We'll be back with you, uh, for you with another episode, uh, very soon.